Chapter Four of Wyvern Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wyvern Mystery by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter Four: The Old Squire and Alice Maybell wyvern is a very pretty old house it is built of a light gray stone in the later tudor style a portion of it is overgrown with thick ivy it stands not far away from the high road among grand old trees and is one of the most interesting features in a richly wooded landscape that rises into little hills and breaking into rocky and forest darkened glens and sometimes into dimpling hollows where the cattle pasture beside pleasant brooks presents one of the prettiest countries to be found in england the old squire henry fairfield has seen his summer and his autumn days out it is winter with him now he is not a pleasant picture of an english squire but such none the less as the old portraits on the walls of wyvern here and there testify the family of fairfield have occasionally turned out he is not cheery nor kindly bleak dark and austere as a northern winter is the age of that gaunt old man he is too proud to grumble and never asked any one for sympathy but it is plain that he parts with his strength and his pleasures bitterly of course seeing the old churchyard down in the hollow at the left as he stands of an evening on the steps thoughts will strike him he does not acquiesce in death he resents the order of things but he keeps his repinings to himself and retaliates his mortification on the people about him though his hair is snowy and his shoulders stooped there is that in his length of bone and his stature that accords with the tradition of his early prowess and activity he has long been a widower full thirty years he has two sons and no daughter two sons whom he does not much trust neither of them young charles and henry by no means young are they the elder now forty-three the younger only a year or two less charles has led a wandering life and tried a good many things he had been fond of play and other expensive follies he had sobered however people thought and it might be his mission notwithstanding his wild and wasteful young days to pay off the debts of the estate henry the younger son a shrewd dealer in horses liked being king of his company condescended to strong ale made love to the barmaid at the george in the little town of wyvern and affected the conversation of dog fanciers horse jockeys wrestlers and similar celebrities the old squire was not much considered and less beloved by his sons the gaunt old man was however more feared by these matured scions than their pride would have easily allowed the fears of childhood survive its pleasures something of the ghostly terrors of the nursery haunt us through life and the tyrant of early days maintains a strange and unavowed ascendancy over the imagination long after his real power 
to inflict pain or privation has quite come to an end as this tall grim handsome old man moves about the room as he stands or sits down or turns eastward at the creed in church as he marches slowly toppling along the terrace with his gold-headed cane in his hand surveying the long familiar scenes which will soon bloom and brown no more for him with sullen eyes thinking his solitary thoughts as in the long summer evenings he dozes in the great chair by the fire which even in the dog days smoulders in the drawing-room grate looking like a gigantic effigy of winter a pair of large and soft gray eyes follow or steal towards him removed when observed but ever and anon returning people have remarked this and talked it over and laughed and shook their heads and built on speculation upon it alice mayville had grown up from orphan childhood under the roof of wyvern the old squire had been after a fashion kind to that pretty waif of humanity which a chance wave of fortune had thrown at his door she was the child of a distant cousin who had happened being a clergyman to die in occupation of the vicarage of wyvern her young mother lay under the branches of two great trees in the lonely corner of the village churchyard and not two years later the vicar died and was buried beside her melancholy gentle vicar some good judges i believe pronounced his sermons admirable seedily clothed with kindly patience visiting his poor very frugal his pretty young wife and he were yet happy in the light and glow of the true love that is eternal he was to her the nonpareil of vicars the loveliest wisest wittiest and best of men she to him what shall i say the same beautiful first love never a day older every summer threw new gold on her rich hair and a softer brighter bloom on her cheeks and made her dearer and dearer than he could speak he could only look and feel his heart swelling with a vain yearning to tell the love that lighted his face with its glory and called a mist to his kind eye and then came a time when she had a secret to tell her willie full of a wild fear and delight in their tiny drawing-room clasped in each other's arms they wept for joy and a kind of wonder and some dim unspoken tremblings of fear and loved one another it seemed as it were more desperately than ever and then as he read aloud to her in the evenings her pretty fingers were busy with a new sort of work full of wonderful and delightful interest a little guest was coming a little creature with an immortal soul that was to be as clever and handsome as willie and oh willie darling don't you hope i may live to see it ah willie would not it be sad 
and then the vicar smiling through tears would put his arms round her and comfort her breaking into a rapturous castle building and a painting of pictures of this great new happiness and treasure that was coming and so in due time the little caps and frocks and all the tiny wardrobe were finished and the day came when the long-pictured treasure was to come it was there but its young mother's eyes were dim and the pretty hands that had made its little dress and longed to clasp it were laid beside her never to stir again the lord gave and the lord hath taken away blessed be the name of the lord yes blessed be the name of the lord for that love that outlives the separation of death that saddens and glorifies memory with its melancholy light and illuminates far futurity with a lamp whose trembling ray is the thread that draws us toward heaven blessed in giving and in taking blessed for the yearning remembrances and for the agony of hope the little baby the relic the treasure was there poor little forlorn baby and with this little mute companion to look at and sit by his sorrow was stealing away into a wonderful love and in this love a consolation and a living fountain of sympathy with his darling who was gone a trouble of a new kind had come squire fairfield who wanted money raised a claim for rent for the vicarage and its little garden the vicar hated law and feared it and would no doubt have submitted but this was a battle in which the bishop took command and insisted on fighting it out it was a tedious business it had lasted two years nearly and was still alive and angry when the reverend william maybell took a cold which no one thought would signify a brother clergyman from williford kindly undertook his duty for one sunday and on the next he had died the wyvern doctor said the vis vitae was wanting he had lived quite too low and had not stamina and so sank like a child but there was more when on sundays as the sweet bell of wyvern trembled in the air the vicar had walked alone up to the old grey porch and saw the two trees near the ivied nook of the churchyard wall a homesickness yearned at his heart and when the hour came his spirit acquiesced in death old squire fairfield knew that it was the bishop who really and as i believe rightly opposed him for to this day the vicarage pays no rent but the proud and violent man chose to make the vicar feel his resentment he beheld him with a gloomy and thunderous aspect never a word more would he exchange with him he turned his back upon him he forbid him the footpath across the fields of wyvern that made the way to church shorter he walked out of church grimly when his sermon began he turned the vicar's cow off the common and made him every way feel the weight of his displeasure well now the vicar was dead he had borne it all very gently and sadly and it was over a page in the past 
no line erasable no line addable forever so parsons dead and buried serve him right said the squire of wyvern thankless rascal you go down and tell them i must have the house up on the twenty-fourth and if they don't go you bundle em out thomas rook there'll be the vicar's little child there who's to take it in squire asked thomas rook after a hesitation you may or the bishop damn him i'm a poor man and for the bishop he's not like to let him try the workhouse said the squire where many a better man's brat is and he gave thomas rook a look that might have knocked him down and turned his back on him and walked away a week or so after he went down himself to the vicarage with tom rook old dulcie bella crane went over the lower part of the house with tom and the squire strode up the stairs and stooping his tall head as he entered the door walked into the first room he met with in a surly mood the clatter of his boots prevented his hearing till he had got well into the room the low crying of a little child in a cradle he stayed his step for a moment he had quite forgotten that unimportant being and he half turned to go out again but changed his mind he stooped over the cradle and the little child's crying ceased it was a very pretty face and large eyes still wet with tears that looked up with an earnest wondering gaze at him from out the tiny blankets old dulcie bella crane had gone down and the solitude no doubt affrighted it and there was consolation even in the presence of the grim squire into whose face those large eyes looked with innocent trust who would have thought it below lay the little image of utter human weakness above stooped a statue of inflexibility and power a strong statue with a grim contracted eye there was a heart steeled against man's remonstrance and a pride that would have burst into fury at a hint of reproof below lay the mere wonder and vagueness of dumb infancy could contest be imagined more hopeless but the faithful creator who loved the poor vicar had brought those eyes to meet the little child's crying was hushed big tears hung in its great wondering eyes and the little face looked up pale and forlorn it was a gaze that lasted while you might count four or five but its mysterious work of love was done all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made squire fairfield walked round this room and went out and examined the others and went downstairs in silence and when he was going out at the hall door he stopped and looked at old dulcie bella crane who stood curtsying at it in great fear and said he the child'll be better at home wi me of at wyvern and i'll send down for it and you in the afternoon till something's settled and on this invitation little alice maybell and her nurse dulcie bella crane came to wyvern manor 
and had remained there now for twenty years end of chapter four recording by john brandon